Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching a special topical study of the Holy Spirit, so grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. And in the back... There was this, eight, he couldn't have been more than 18 years old, 18, 19 years old, bohemian young man. He's sitting there holding a, a video camera, videoing me preaching, and he's got the Bible in his lap, and he's got a pen and pad, because you know I'm always like, got your pen, got your pad, got your heart. So he had a pen and pad right here. He had the Bible in his lap right here, and he's holding up, videoing me, you know, because he wanted to catch my sermon. So he's holding up, trying to catch the video of me preaching and taking notes at the same time and reading the Bible at the same time. And I am preaching my heart out. I am preaching my, I am preaching my, I'm sweating. I'm preaching my heart out. You know why? Because first of all, those five people deserve to hear the word of God. Number one. Amen. Number two, I don't know. Maybe that young man sitting on the back row holding that camera will be the next Billy Graham. You don't know. The reality is you be faithful to what God called you to do, and God will be faithful to do what God does best, and that is save people and use them for his glory. That's that's what we need to be doing about the Father's business and talking about evangelism. Who can think of the gift of evangelism and not think of great glory? You know who great glory is? Huh? If you're not familiar with Greg Glory, he's a senior pastor of Calvary Chapel. It's actually Harvest Christian Fellowship in Riverside, California. And he does the Harvest Crusades around the country. And hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people have gotten saved. I can't think of the gift of evangelism and not think of, I'm not going to tell you his name. But he is a Calvary Chapel pastor. And he was an assistant pastor when I was going to a Calvary Chapel, and this man had a gift of evangelism. I'm telling you, he was probably this high. Um, not a big deal, you know? Not very charismatic. Wasn't funny. Wasn't loud, like me. He wasn't, you know charismatic, where you look at him and go, oh, yes, I love to watch and hear him preach and all of that stuff there. That man would preach the word of God, and I kid you not, people would take a nap. I'm, not t- I'm telling you, you know you're sleeping. When you look over at somebody and they are like this, <laughs> you know you are knocked out, okay? They were knocked out. You know you're knocked out when you go, wake up, wake up, and you go, oh, 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 uh, uh. What, 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 what did he say? What did he say? Knocked out. Man, when he gave an altar call, I've never seen like anything like this in my life. When that man gave an altar call, people got out of their seats and came flooding to the front, to the front of the altar. 
He had the gift of evangelism. I'm looking at this. I'm going, now, now how does this happen? These people didn't even hear what he had to say. How in the world do they even know what they're doing? They're coming down front, giving their life to Christ. And then, and then I would preach maybe the next week because the pastor's out of town. So I would preach and I would give an altar call and crickets. I'm like, well, wait a minute. Now I'm funny. I didn't understand it. And that's when I learned, listen, people coming to Christ has, watch this, you're going to love it. People coming to Christ has nothing to do with the vessel. It has everything to do with the power in the word of God. God is the one who saves people. God, God doesn't need you to be charismatic. God doesn't need you to be uh, cool and hip and have all the right words. Even Paul said, I didn't come to you with, you know, cunning words and, and, and uh, persuasive speech. Paul said, I came to you in the power of, of the Holy Spirit. It's the Spirit of God that, sa- that saves people. That man had the gift of evangelism where people would sleep during and then he would give an altar call and people would come to Jesus. Here's some biblical examples of an evangelist or the gift of evangelism. Keep up with me. Acts chapter 21, verse 8. Philip is specifically called an evangelist. Acts chapter 8, verse 5 tells us that Philip evangelized in Samaria. Later, Philip evangelized an Ethiopian eunuch. Second Timothy chapter four, verse five. Timothy is told by Paul to do the work of an evangelist. Paul the apostle had the gift of evangelism. You know that. He preached the gospel all over the known world at that time. Now talking about evangelism, listen, let me just clear something up here. And I'm going to clear it up quick and then we're going to move ahead. Contrary to popular thinking, it isn't the pastor's job to evangelize people. I have heard people say, well, you know, Pastor Rodney, I just wanted to get them to church because I knew if I get them to church and they hear you, they'll give their life to Christ. Or I just need to get them to church so they can, so you can get them saved, Pastor Rodney. Listen, Pastor Rodney can save nobody. The Holy Spirit saves people. Number one, I'm waiting till you clap your hands there. The Holy Spirit saves. Not only that, but the pastor's job is not, I repeat, is not to evangelize. The pastor's job is to equip the saints. Look at verse 12. God has given the pastor teacher for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. If the pastor does his job, you'll be equipped and better able to do yours. Your job is to go tell. Your job is to evangelize. The pastor teacher should equip so you have something to go tell. Now, people from time to time... Ask me, Pastor Rodney, why don't we have more altar calls here at Calvary Chapel and more evangelism here at Calvary Chapel? And I tell them, we've talked about this, I tell them because, one, I don't believe altar calls save people. I really don't. Altar calls don't save people. Jesus saves people. I've given altar calls and no one has come forward. An altar call should be done when the Spirit of the Lord leads you to do them, not because it's expected at the end of the preaching. Not only that, but I've seen the Lord save people from sermons, like in, in, our, in our mind, preacher mind, they're like, these sermons are like really preachable sermons where people really are going to give their life to Christ. If you want to do an altar call, this is the sermon to do it on. I've seen the Lord save people on a sermon where you would completely not expect people to respond in faith. Like I'm preaching about Saul chasing David and David hiding in the caves of Adullam 
And all of a sudden after service, somebody comes up to me and goes, you know what, Pastor? I think I need to get saved. You know that thing you were talking about in the cave of Adullam? I've been in a cave hiding from the Lord, and I need to come out of that cave. I'm like, I'm so shocked. I'm like, you sure you want to get saved? They're like, yeah, I really do. I'm going, now, are you sure? Because, you know, we can do this later. And <laughs> They're like, no, God doesn't need all of that. What God needs is someone to faithfully share his word, faithfully speak the word of God. Altar calls don't save people. Jesus does. And the primary role of the pastor is that of teaching and equipping. That's why we don't do altar calls here at Calvary Chapel every week, because it's my primary role to teach the body, to equip the people. I should be concerned with teaching the word of God which will cause you to grow up in the Lord and not just grow old in the Lord. How many of us know people who grow old in the Lord, but they haven't grown up in the Lord? Huh? We know people that grow old in the Lord, but they haven't grown up in the Lord. Every Christian should know how to evangelize. Every Christian should know and be able to teach somebody something. I think of Hebrews. The problem in Hebrews was just that. The Hebrew Christians were in a state of arrested spiritual development. They've been Christians for years, and they hadn't grown a bit. Hebrews 5.12, for though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God, and you have come to need milk and not solid food. The writer says, This is the time in which you should be grown up in the Lord, but instead you've grown old. You haven't grown up. That happens far too often because the pastor isn't doing his job. The pastor isn't teaching the word. And when the pastor doesn't teach the word, the people are on milk. That's why Christians today largely, listen to me, Calvary Chapel, Christians today largely are spiritually immature. And I can talk to them for about five minutes and know that. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You get the feeling that they don't, I can, putting nobody down. I'm just saying this. I can talk to people and know just about what they're learning at church, if they're learning anything at church, because they don't, it's almost like a spiritual thing that you you can just feel it. Y'all know what I'm talking about. You can just feel like they just don't get it. That they just that they, they just don't get it because they probably go to a church that doesn't teach the word of God, which is most churches in the United States today. People come to me all the time and say, oh, I'm glad I found a church teaching the word of God. Well, that's a compliment. But at the same time, that is a shame that it is hard to find a church teaching the word of God. If you're not teaching the word of God, then what are they saying? I don't know what they would be saying. I, I don't know. I, verse by verse is easy to me. I find it easier. I find it harder to have to come up with a topic to teach. I don't know how they do that. I'm just not cool. I guess I'm just not cool. I don't, I, I, I'm not, I don't get it, you know, how they come up with these cool topics. And, you know, I'm just not cool. And like, you know, I'm cool, man. I come up with these cool topics, and I, you know, and talk to you about this and talk to you about that. I, that's just not me. I'm just, I'm just not cool like that, I guess, because I don't know what else to do. I teach the Bible, and, and if we end at verse 12, when you come back next week, we'll be on verse 13. I remember, a, amen. I remember one time, I remember one time I was selling second service, I was in a barbershop, and uh, obviously that was a long time ago. And, <laughs> 
And I'm getting my hair cut, and the guy said, we're talking about the Bible, whatever, and I'm talking about teaching verse by verse, and, and, and he's going, oh, really? What's verse by verse? And I said, uh, you know, verse by verse, line upon line, just like, look at this verse, and then look at that verse, and look, and he goes, oh, man, that sounds interesting. He's cut my hair and shaped me up and everything, and, you know, oh, that sounds interesting. Oh, yeah, wow, that sounds really cool, and, and uh Man, I never heard that done before. And, uh, man, where where you can you find a church like that? I'm like, oh, there's actually one right on the corner because the barbershop was like right down here, and this was like 20 years ago when I had hair. And 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 so yeah, I was like, yeah, well, it's just right down there. And then he says, oh, and wow, okay, who's the pastor of that church? I said, me. He went, oh, okay, well, and gave me a better shape up, and so he gave me the. <laughs> I'm like, man, I should have told you that when we first got started. I'd have been a lot further along by then. But it's a shame that people don't know that that's the way that God's word is to be shared. This is a Bible. God wants us to teach the whole book, not a book full of holes, but the whole book from cover to cover. That's what we're about here at Calvary Chapel, in case you're just visiting, just teaching verse by verse. You just happen to come when we're doing a little series, but uh, come next week, we'll be back on verse by verse. I'll tell you what book we're in uh, next week. You know, you'll never grow in the Lord by praying you grow. You'll never grow by serving in the church. You're never going to grow by tithing. You're never going to grow by doing the latest Bible study series. Somebody say amen. You're never going to grow by hoping that someday you grow. The only way to grow is by reading and studying and tasting the word of God. Psalm 34, 8, memory verse, oh, taste and see that the Lord is what, saints? Good, blessed is the man who trusts in him. Don't get me wrong. There's place for evangelism in the church. There's place for evangelizing. There are people who are given to the church to, with the gift of evangelism. But I'll tell you something. You'll never evangelize by taking a class on evangelism. You'll never evangelize by learning different techniques on how to evangelize, you know, card tricks. and You ever see those card tricks they do? And they, well, there's like card tricks that they do, and it's the blue card and the red card. You guys have never seen that? They're, okay, there's the, the blue card and the red card, and then somehow you do this like little card thing and flip the cards around, and, and then the, the blue card and the red card, and somehow you got to tell them that the red card represents... The, the blood of Jesus who comes to cover your life and your life is the blue card and, and that's a conversation starter. Yeah, I don't, I don't know either. Yeah. And, and, and all of these kinds of things. Listen, the only way to be effective in evangelizing is to have a concern for the lost. Somebody once said, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Somebody once said, a church people will either evangelize or fossilize. Jesus said, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father. Y'all too quiet for me. Come on, read it with me. Go therefore and make disciples. Everybody read it with me. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have said, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And the church said, Amen. That's evangelism. Jesus said, go. Paul is writing to this church in Ephesus, and he's telling them that God has given them gifted men and women to lead and strengthen the church. And this was good news to those in Ephesus, because at the time of this writing, Ephesus was incredibly immoral, but the church itself was doing okay. 
The church was influencing the culture. Did you hear me? The church was influencing the culture, not like what's going on today, where the culture is influencing the church. In that day, the church was influencing the culture. As a matter of fact, this was the church to preach at in those days. It was an honor and a privilege to teach at the Calvary Chapel in Ephesus. This was a great church. And from all outward appearances, read Revelation chapter 2. This was a servant church. This was an active, energetic church. No couch potatoes in this church. They always had something going on in the bulletin. They were a hardworking church, and Jesus commends them for that. They were a separated and pure church. They were a scripture-loving church. Revelation chapter 2, did you hear me? They knew the word, and they loved the word. This church knew the truth, and they didn't put up with false teaching and heresy. You might give this church an A on their report card, but this is also the church that Jesus wrote to in Revelation chapter 2, and he said this. Matter of fact, this is third service. I get like five extra minutes or two or three or 30. Uh, look, at, look at Revelation chapter 2. and, and turn, turn in your Bibles. Come on, turn. Let me hear pages turning. Revelation chapter 2, and I want you to see this. And no, no need to put it on the screen because we're turning to it in our Bibles. Revelation chapter 2. Look at this. Jesus writing to the church. And look at verse 1. Revelation is the last book of the Bible, y'all, on page 1088. Amen. Just trying to help you in your pastor. I'm a teacher, pastor teacher. Chapter 2, to the angel of the church at Ephesus. You see that? We're talking to the church at Ephesus. Jesus told them, these things say he who holds the seven stars in his right hand and walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands. I know your works. I know your labor. I know your patience that you can't bear with those who are evil. And you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not. And you have found them to be liars. This is a good report. And you have persevered and have patience and have labored for my namesake and have not become weary. Verse four and five is what you need to pay attention to. Nevertheless, I have this against you that you have, will you circle this? And what does it say, saints? Left your first love. Remember, therefore, where you have fallen. Underline, remember. Repent, underline that. And do the first works, underline that or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. Notice Jesus said, you have left your first love, not lost your first love. There's a difference. Are you listening? There's a difference between leaving and losing. Losing implies by accident. Leaving implies deliberate. When you lose something, you don't know where to find it. When you leave something, you know where to pick it up again. So my question to you, I wouldn't be your pastor or your friend not to challenge you and ask you this question. Where are you? Where are you? Have you left or lost your first love? Ask yourself. I mean, really, just right now, just right now. Ask yourself. Are you still excited about Jesus today as you were the day that you received him? And if not, then three things. Number one, remember. In other words, think about how far you've fallen. Think about from the height to the depth of which you've fallen. Think about what you, when you rushed to church because you didn't want to miss worship. Remember how painful it was to miss Pastor Rodney's teaching on Wednesday and Sunday. Remember how far you've fallen 
and then repent. Repent means change your mind, change your heart, change your lifestyle, change your values. It means stop your car. You're going in the wrong direction. It means turn around and go back to Jesus and don't make excuses. Boy, I tell you something. Christians are good at making excuses, aren't we? Well, I'm not perfect. Just forgiven. We like to make a bumper sticker out of it, too, you know. I'm not perfect, just forgiven. Excuse me while God's still working on me. I'm a work in progress. Yeah, you're a work. I don't know how much progress we're making, but you're a work. Christians are good at it. Don't make excuses. Everybody has their vices. That's just the way I am. Don't make excuses. Don't rationalize. Don't cover up. Repent, the Bible says. Remember, repent, and return. In other words, go back to what you were doing before you left. Start reading your Bible and praying again. Start believing God again. Come to church expecting to meet with God again. Somebody say amen. Get to church early and get here in time for worship. Somebody say amen. Come with a ready heart and then go search the scriptures. Somebody say amen. Get back to doing the things for God out of love rather than out of duty. And ask God what your gifts are and begin to serve in the church and bless others and allow the Holy Spirit to have his rightful place in your life. Where are you? Where are you at? With the Lord, that is. Has your flame turned to a flicker? Are you as excited about Jesus today as you were the day you got saved? I'm going to tell you something. I'm not. I'm not as excited about Jesus today as I was the day I got saved. I'm more excited about Jesus today than the day I got saved. I'm more excited about Jesus because when I got saved, and honestly, listen, when I got saved, you guys know my story. I'm going to let y'all go get your chicken sandwich. Listen, when, when, when I got saved, I, 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 I honestly, God changed me. I would have to deny my existence to tell you anything different I started doing drugs when I was nine years old and God delivered me and set me free when I was 21 years old. And I began to see life different. The sky was blue. I could finally see it because when you're on drugs, nothing looks like it's supposed to look. Somebody say amen. And the grass was green. I remember walking across a dirt parking lot to go to church to catch a bus to go to church. And I start crying because the brown dirt was brown. And I could see that. I never saw that before because I've been on drugs all my life. I went through junior high and high school on drugs. My father was a drug dealer, so drugs were free to me. And God changed me. And on January 23rd, 1982, 7.30 p.m. at the Friendly Church of God in Christ, I gave my life to Christ on a Saturday evening. And that night, I told the Lord, As long as I have breath in my body, I will tell people of your goodness. And it was that next Friday that I put on a suit and went downtown Oceanside and stood on the corner. I was one of those corner preachers that scream at you and you get on the other side of the street because they're kind of weirdos, right? That was me. I was screaming at people. I'm like, hey, hey, you know Jesus? Come over here. I want to tell you about Jesus. People were like, get away, Jesus freak, get away. Don't go near that person. But I, was, I just want to tell people, because God had saved me, and I couldn't believe it. 
I could not believe it, that I was so different. I didn't look the same. I didn't walk the same. I didn't talk the same. God changed everything about me. And I spend my life to tell people about the goodness of God. And today, I'm not as excited as I was then. I'm more excited. The only thing that now, today, I have a zeal according to knowledge. Because now I know the word. So now I know how to share the gospel. And God has been giving me a platform ever since to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. You, where are you? Do you know God? Are you excited about God? Christian, are you excited about God? If you're not, remember, repent. And return. Simple as that. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1 800 293 That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.